the voice of reason. We're glad to see everyone that's made it out this morning, and I pray that the Lord will bless our time together. Um, we do want to remember, especially in prayer, first of all, let's be thankful for the good report that we've heard about Brother Hilly. Uh, I don't know how many of you all have uh, received the report, but uh, Brother Hilly in Florida is doing a lot better, and I am so glad to hear that news. I'm sure that he still has a lot of recovery left, and we need he needs our prayers for certain. Also, Brother uh, Randy is doing well. Um, we're glad he's uh, standing up and leading us in music and still a part of the church, but he has not received word yet when he is supposed to have his uh, surgery uh, to uh, help break up his kidney stones. And uh, so he, uh, he is sometimes in pain, and if he starts shouting, well, we know the reason why. Uh, so do pray for Brother Randy. And then we receive word that Brother Dennis is not doing well today, and uh, so I'm sure he's turned in. But uh, he told us that he's not feeling well, so he's not going to be with us today, is it? Let's take our Bibles, let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, and we're going to read a good portion of this passage. In fact, I think we'll read the entire chapter. Um, while we are at this, I want us to consider the importance of the images. Now, we're talking about Daniel's vision, and the more that I look at the, the book of Daniel, the more that I realize that he not only saw the image that Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed in his dream, he also understood a lot more that God had imparted to him. Now, understand this. If I devoted as much time as Daniel did just on this vision, it would be amazing to me. Because the fact is, is uh, you know, he never let it go. And that's why we see the entire book of Daniel as it is written. In, in reality, we're going to see that Daniel lived for the first two parts of uh, the, the image that he would see, but he probably did not live beyond the, uh, into the third generation. But let's go ahead and read. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of ba uh, Babylon, Daniel had a, had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings, and I beheld the, the wings thereof were plucked, and it lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second likened to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth, and it between the teeth of it. And uh, they said that it, uh, and they said thus unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. After this, I beheld and another like a leopard, which had on upon its back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the other beasts that were with it, and I had ten horns. 
And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there was three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like in the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did set, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool, and his throne was like the fiery, uh, every, uh, excuse me, fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand, ten thousand stood before him. And judgment was said, and the books were opened. And behold, there came, and behold, and I beheld then because of the voice of the great words that the horn spake, and I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had on their dominion taken away, and yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. And I saw in the night visions, behold, one like unto the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdom, and all the people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion as everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. We'll end right there with our uh, reading, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, now I pray that you will help us to understand the things that are written from your word, and help us, dear Father, to know the things that you give us. I do pray, Father, that you will bless, and that you will guide and keep us in all that is said and done. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We pray, Father, that you will give good recall to study, and guide and bless now. In Christ we pray. Amen. Let me adjust my microphone there a little bit. There we go. Uh, you know, the thing is, is one of the reasons that I want us to understand eschatology the way we do is you, you can't just focus on the book of Revelation. You can't just focus on Daniel. You have to consider all of the Old Testament. Um, the book of Isaiah is one of the books that gives us an understanding of what the millennial kingdom will be like. The, we also see the, the, the reign of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 65 that shall be uh, beyond even our imaginations. We see Zechariah and his pronouncement that the uh, children of Israel are going to come before every year to worship him. And not only that, but all the nations are going to be required. So there's so much that we've got to study, and I pray that uh, we make it as simple as possible. You know, the reality is, I can read the Word of God, and I, I get into this Christian ease. It's easy for me to use words that we understand as Christians, but maybe the lost world doesn't understand this. When we are in church, this is the place we worship. This is the place we have understanding. This is the place where we want to spend our days and our understanding in the right way. Now, understand this. Many people, including secular society, tries to understand the images. Uh, if you will, Brother Joe, go ahead, and we're going to bring up to the next slide. The one thing we need to understand as we're looking at the next slide is this image is profound, and that's why I wanted you to see this image as well. Now, I realize the, the writing is very small 
and even if we had a large projector, I cannot give you all the images. So that's the reason I wanted you to copy it and send you copies of this image as well. So uh, those that are uh, visiting with us today online, uh, if you were able to get this image, you probably will see this image in an email that I sent to you. Uh, if anybody would like to have a copy, maybe you're listening on Facebook or wherever, just let us know by sending us a message either by email or by Facebook request, and I will send you a copy of our notes as well. It's not a, not a big deal. <coughs> the one thing I want us to see, this was an image that we see from the very beginning with Nebuchadnezzar. And we're going to be spending a lot of time today understanding a little bit of this. Now, understand also that we are taking a particular position Baptists would take. I think it's missing. I really do think it's missing because we like to generalize uh, the concept. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. When we talk about the seven dispensations of the we're talking about the Baptist position on those dispensations, not the world position on dispensations. Because you see, when the world says church, they're immediately thinking Catholic, which is a universal term that is being brought into place. What I want us to understand is the predominance of the age, not the position of the church. All right, now I want you to get that as well. So notice that. And when we take a look at this vision, and I want you to think about how difficult it was for Daniel to get this. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, uh, and, well, actually, uh, we, we see how that Daniel and his brethren were prepared for this coming opportunity. Now, I want you to see this. In Daniel chapter 1, let's go down to verse 5. And notice that again, Daniel was already a redeemed individual before he came into Babylon. Look what it says. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and wine which he drank, so nourished them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now again, this is Daniel. This is going to be which was, you know, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which was Belshazzar. Uh, which was known as Daniel, and then uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were also their Babylonian names. Look at verse 6. Now among these were the children of, Dan, of Judah, Daniel, and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto uh, whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and uh, Hannah, Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel proposed in his heart, now this is very important, Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Now, reality is, Daniel could have eaten anything, but here is the area that most of us miss. What Daniel was not going to do was eat meats that were offered to idols. So these meats that we see in this section that was a portion had already been offered up to idols. The wine that was given would have been a drink offering that would have been offered to idols. In fact, every little thing that we see about this is going to be all wrong. 
what was not offered was what we call pulse or vegetables, look what else it says, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now why is he saying this? I am a separated man of God. I don't want to be defiled, not, not only by the temptations of this world, and not only by the things that are in this world, but also by the foods that I eat. Now understand this. Daniel would have been part of the kingship. So we don't know exactly about Daniel's life unless we do a secular study, which I'm not going to get into right now. But the reality is, is we know very little of Daniel, but we also see that he was made a eunuch. Now, there's a lot of people that say, well, that means he's separated from women. No, that's not what that means. Did you notice down here that in verse 7 it says, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs. So Daniel had to be brought in as a eunuch. And it, this is a continuation of the prophecy that was given that there would be men that would be made eunuchs. So Shadrach, Meshach, and, again, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were all made eunuchs along with Daniel. And notice that now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. So not only had God shown grace, but there was also a love doesn't mean a sexual love. It means a compassion, a love that was there, a real love. And notice, and the prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king. In other words, if this doesn't work out, you realize that I'm going to die. You realize that you have appointed you meat and your drink for what? my head to the king. In other words, I shall, be, I shall die because you don't look as good as the rest of them. Notice what Daniel says to him. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the, prin who the, the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Meshel, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. But that's a small amount of time, isn't it? Now, I will tell you, I love good vegetables. I love corn. And I'm talk not talking about, you know, flour. I'm talking about real corn. I like beans. I like anything. In fact, I was upstairs reading uh, a, an article about us not having enough fiber. And reality is, is we don't eat enough corn. We don't eat enough tomatoes. We don't eat enough bananas, things like that. Foods that are readily available to us, we just don't eat them. But understand this. When you eat enough of the vegetables that are there, it's going to have an effect on your body. But notice what happened. This was one to where Daniel said, just give me 10 days. Try me for 10 days. And let them give us pulse to eat, meaning the vegetables of the land. That's what pulse is. And water to drink. All right? Then let our, our countenances be looked upon before of the children that eat of the portion of thy king's meat and thy seed deal with thy servants. Now understand this. They were asking for foods that would be good for the liver, good for the heart, good for you know the digestive system, while the foods that these other men were eating were rich and fatty and things of this nature. So he 
consented to them in this manner and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh. That's pretty good, isn't it? In other words, the vegetables were having a positive effect upon him, which we know God blessed with as well, but all because he would not defile himself of the king's table. Notice the rest. And fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Notice, thus, Melshar took away the portion of their meat. I imagine that just made the rest of the guys pretty happy that was there. And the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Boy, that's fantastic. By separating himself unto God, he was allowed to see things and there was a confidence that he had in what happened in Babylon. This was a confidence long before even in the land of Judah. And so Daniel brought this with him, and God was going to use him in a powerful way. Let's go to chapter 2 and see what was going to be the danger and the remedy. Let's go down to verse 14. Already the king is so upset with the wise men. He said, tell me my dream. is. will you tell us the dream first, and we'll interpret it for you. No. How many times have we ever been in a sound sleep and suddenly be, stir be, be stirred awake because of a dream that, that has happened in our minds? Well, this was what Nebuchadnezzar did, but he could not figure it out. Look at verse 14 then. And Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to uh, uh, Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which had, was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. So here he is now, getting ready to face the dangers. And notice what he said. And he answered and said to uh, Ariok, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariok made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in, and notice that Daniel is going to go before the king. So Daniel went in, then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. So Daniel requested of you a little time that, that, that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. By the way, something that's very important. How many times do we see the name Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah used instead of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Belshazzar? I believe that Daniel, in his infinite wisdom, as he penned this, said, I want you to look up even the names. We're going to look at those names, maybe not this week, but we will look them up. And we will see why it was so important to remember these names. That they would desire mercies of the Lord of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish. Then was the secret revealed in a night vision. Man, that is fantastic. Not only was the dream 
that uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw was given to Daniel. He was given the interpretation. This is what he saw. This is what he saw. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. Let's go on down to the next verse. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removed the kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. I want you to look at verse 21 very carefully. Verse 21 says that he sets up kings and he removes kings. Look at it again. And, that, and he changeth the times and the seasons. Each one of those areas of this image that he sees is the change of times and seasons and he removeth kings. You know, if you think about this, Nebuchadnezzar thought he would be forever. I don't know how many of you all know this, but uh, during the first Gulf War, when they entered into Babylon, they found that there was some Hussein's image was directly in front of Nebuchadnezzar's image. I don't know how many of us know this, but even Saddam Hussein thought that he was a reincarnated Nebuchadnezzar. And he was wanting to rebuild Babylon in that direct image. Now that's going to be important, especially as we get in, in the further uh, studies of eschatology. Babylon is being rebuilt. And there's going to be so many people that enter into this place. I, I will say this, I just want to give you a little bit of heads up. Uh, one of my friends who is with the FBI, and I won't mention his name on video right now, but he went in to Babylon and he said, when you walked into the gates of Babylon, he said, you could feel the evil. He said, you could feel the wickedness. Can you imagine Daniel and these Christian brothers, or these, these believers in Christ, they were Jewish, we know that, and they could feel the presence of evil as they went forward. And no wonder this was too terrifying. But notice again, he sets up kings and he setteth up, or and he removeth kings and sets up kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise, meaning himself, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He receiveth the deep and secret things. This is what's going to perplex Daniel for the rest of his life, the deep secret of things that he sees. He knoweth what is in what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. So even though Daniel was given this vision and he understood it and he could go in and talk to the king, there was literally the, the message that was there. Now, I want you to see this. There are four parts that we see. Well, actually, there's five parts. The first one is the head of gold, which was the Babylonian image. And so this was the one that Nebuchadnezzar wanted more than anything. He wanted that image to where we see that head of gold. After that, we have that breast of silver. Now, we're going to get into this image. So understand this. Gold is very soft, but it's extremely valuable. On the other hand, silver is a little stronger as far as the chemical weight and everything. It's stronger, but it's also less valuable. Then we get to brass. 
you know, many times people, you'll hear the Bronze Age or things like that. Well, that's what brass is. It's bronze. And so when you think a look at it, it, it makes a stronger weapon. But again, it's not as valuable as silver, and it's extremely less valuable than gold. Finally, we get to the, the, the iron. One of the things that I notice about iron is it's extremely strong, though it's extremely cheap. Do you realize, when, you know, we live in the Ohio Valley, and across the river, there were furnaces all up and down. Franklin Furnace, Vesuvius, uh, Wellston had furnace, and they would literally, uh, you know, dig out the pig iron, and they would separate it, make it into iron. And so uh, there was such a huge need for iron, and that's what made America, if you will, what it is, even before steel came along. But it was so cheap that literally they could walk along and they could just lift up the iron. America is a land where there's plenty of iron. There really is, but it, it has, it's, in itself, it doesn't have any strong intrinsic value. All right, I'll just leave it there right now. The rest of this, and so because Daniel saw this, the rest of his life was really intent on seeing this and to recognizing all the areas that are there. Now, I want you to see this in point number three. Daniel devoted himself to be a citizen of of Babylon as was commanded of God. Let's turn, if you will, holding your place here, and let's go back to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. I, I wish I had seen this myself, but I will say that another preacher made me aware of this, because we love verse 11. How many of us have ever, I, I think I have a cover where we see Jeremiah 29:11, and the modern versions talk about prosperity. But I want you to look at verse 11 again. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The word expected is changed to a prosperous end, meaning wealth. But I want you to see the rest of this, of this chapter. Look what it says, beginning of verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and to the priests and to the people who Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, am I on course? Am I on course? This is exactly what we're reading in Daniel. After that, uh, Oniah the king and the queen and the eunuchs and the princes of Judah and Jerusalem and all the carpenters and all the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. Did you notice the eunuchs? Guess who's numbered amongst those eunuchs? I believe Daniel is. Verse 3. By the hand of Elisha, the son of Sapan, and Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord, uh, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all Notice what God now says. Build Have you ever wondered why God commanded the children of Israel to build houses in Babylon? Look what else he says. And plant gardens, and eat the food of them. Take you wives, and beget sons and daughters. And take wives and sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear 
children of Israel, the Jews, the Judeans, would continue on in Babylon. Why did he do that? Look at verse 7. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have called you to be carried away and pray verse 10 again, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and will perform my good work. book of Jeremiah chapter 29 was the fact is is that he said go there live the other thing that I want you to see. When Israel first entered into Judea and to the rest of Israel, God had prepared them houses and gardens and everything. Now they were going to return to rubble. Do you realize, never do you see in the book of Nehemiah or Ezra the Lord speaking to those men. What we see is the promises that were given in Jeremiah. And after 70 years, they were going to return to this land. How precious is that? But until then, there was still much that had to be done to make sure that everything was well. Let's go back over to the book of Daniel. So, God commanded the people to become inhabitants of this wicked city and to live their lives there. Point number two, Daniel did his best as a prophet and a leader. He also kept in his heart the promises of God. Thus he prayed three times a day with his window open towards the land of, of Judah. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. And in Daniel chapter 6, once again, we see Daniel in his desire to follow the things of God. There was already a decree that said he could not pray. This will also be with these individuals as well. Alright, that we're seeing in the golden image or the, in the image that he saw. Let's go down to verse 9 of chapter 6. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks, to, thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Now, here's something that's interesting. What did Daniel pray? 
Not only did he give praise to God, but we know that he prayed towards Jerusalem. I wonder if Daniel really was praying not only for the coming and the return to Judea or Judah, but also for the coming of Messiah. You see, nothing would happen correctly until Messiah had come. They were not waiting as we are for the return of Messiah. They were waiting for the coming Messiah. They were waiting for Jesus to come. And when Jesus came, nobody was expecting. I believe that Daniel prayed that like that. In verse 11, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a devoted man of God. And in everything that went in, we see the directness of it. What is interesting is the time of his being taken and thrown into the lion's den was also during the second part of the image. All right? Now, let's go on down. The first three images. So we're going to be taking a look at the three images, and I want us to see this as well. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Let's back up a minute. And let's go down to verse 30. So Daniel is able to see what is there. Daniel chapter 2 verse 30. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. So once again, Daniel is saying, this was not given to me for your sake only, but because God granted it. Thou you? It's daunting. Now, understand this. When we talk about the word terrible, it was one where it was going against everything that Nebuchadnezzar had imagined. In World War II, before World War II, we know the greatness that Hitler had brought to Germany. There was literally a people that were industrious of people that were celebrating, of people that were enjoying life. All of them were being built, the war machines, the, the, the planes and things like that. But even the world was a plot. And so whoever back in the 30s, in fact, Hitler had convinced the Olympic Committee to allow them to host, and he was hoping that the Aryan would be enough to convince people that my blonde hair, blue eyes, and the way we look is going to be superior. That's where his intent was. Of course, we know with Jesse Owens, he had he had broke so many of the Olympic records and things like that, and came away. It infuriated Hitler. And long, not long after that, we see that there was. Uh, all the movements that Hitler would do to bring war to Europe once again. But the reason I bring up Hitler was because he had determined that there would be a thousand year reign. How many of you all remember that? Whenever you hear the word Third Reich, the word Reich is the Third Empire, the Third Kingdom. 
You see, in his mind, the first empire was the Roman Empire. The second empire was the Charlemagne Empire. The third empire would have been the Hitler Empire, the Nazi Germany Empire. And so, as it began to crumble about him, he understood one thing, that it wasn't going to be an eternal situation. Nebuchadnezzar had thought that there would never be an end of his kingdom. So look what it says in verse 32. The image's head was a fine gold brass. His legs of iron part of clay. Thou pieces. Then was the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the shaft of the, of the summer threshing floors and the wind uh, and the wind carried them away and no place was found for them and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the entire earth. This is the dream that we will tell the interpretation thereof for the king. Thou saved. You cannot read Daniel chapter 3 where Nebuchadnezzar is giving praise to the one true God without understanding that I believe that he was saved. And we'll get into that later. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee and another and bruised. And whereas thou sawest feet and toes, part the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it as the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And these thou shalt, and thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with its clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. That kingdom has not come to this earth yet. We, we've seen part of it, but as long as men live, and as long as men are, are corrupt in 
their thinking and their their desires, we will never see this. It's going to take a holy man, one man who was crucified, bearing the road, it will take one man to set up the of God. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That is the image we're going to be looking at. There's two things I want you to see with this image. Now, I realize that it's, uh, over on this side, we see what each one of those images or one of those parts are. We see the, the head of gold, which is the Babylonian Empire. The Mede-Persian Empire, which is going to be the two arms, if you will. The silver. And then we see the belly and brass, uh, thighs of brass, the Macedonian Empire, which is going to be Alexander the Great. Then we're going to see the Roman Empire, the Iron Lion. It seems like there's going to be no defeat. And then finally, the Roman Empire in its collapse, as there's a, a mixture of iron and clay in the feet. This other column that we see here is the religious column. I'm not ready to give you that yet, because we don't have enough time to really give it justice. But as we get into the religious requirement, we're going to see that there is even more that is passed down from generation to generation, and we see that being passed on even to this day. All right, so we have done a, a study, beginning of eschatology out of the book of Daniel, and I pray the Lord will bless us. We'll hold our place here, and the Lord's willing we'll pick up here next week. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Now go with us as we... Uh, continue our services. May we worship you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We're dismissed.